Welcome to Friday Night Fight Fest. Welcome to Friday Night Fright Fest, a podcast dedicated to the horror double feature. We are your hosts, Elizabeth and Andrew. And today our theme is horror in space. Yes. One of the things, before we get into talking about the film, spoiler free, and then getting into spoilers, one of these films brought up a question to me of what actually the definition of horror is. So... I think that they're both horror films. So let, let's be clear. Sure. Um, the, the two films that we picked for this double feature are Alien, the, the original from 1979, mm-hmm. and Event Horizon from 1997. Yes. Both a classic and a cult classic. Yes. So you kind of raised this question of, is Alien really a horror film? Yeah. What What do you think is missing from it that would make it a horror film. I I mean, I guess it's sci-fi horror. I guess it kind of is a, it has an intersection of, of multiple genres, but I, I mean, I, they, they're kind of being stalked like a, a killer would stalk people in like a regular horror film. So I suppose from that perspective, it is just also plain horror. It just happens to be with an alien instead of a human being. Right. But, uh, so, yeah. so uh, I have a really broad liberal definition of horror. And for me, this one fits into it. I, I think, I, I mean, I can definitely see why you're getting hung up on the, the science fiction elements. That's not extremely common mm-hmm. for a science fiction film to Except be Except for the, uh, exor- is it Exorcist in Space? Well, there is a Hellraiser Hellraiser in Space, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the the more forgettable um, <laughs> <clears throat> films in that in that franchise. Um, I, I mean, I I, th- I agree with what you said a minute ago, which was if you imagine Alien is set not in a spaceship but in a house, yeah, there or a factory that mm-hmm. they can't because I mean these are like industrial workers, yeah, so they're locked into a factory they can't get out. And there's a serial killer chasing them, chasing them, and he's crawling through the ductwork, and he's killing them one by one, and yeah, you know, splitting them open or whatever. Like, y- no one would doubt that that was a horror film. Agreed, agreed. So, I mean, I think if I look at it that way, then it, it's definitely horror for me. It's just horror in space, which is, I guess, the theme. That for was this, why I picked them. Yeah, for this month. yeah, yeah. Well, in, in any case, um, let us know in the comments uh, if you think Alien is a horror film or not, or what your definition of, of horror is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about them kind of generally. Yes. Uh, and then we will get into a more spoiler-filled convo sure. about these films. Though, if you haven't seen them yet, uh, you probably already know generally what they're about. Yeah, I, I don't really feel so bad about spoiling a film from 1979, but... Um, <laughs> Alien is, this is a classic. I think everybody uh, kind of knows the the basic gist of this. Corporate workers on a spacecraft. Um, they're miners, actually, aren't they? Yeah, well, the they're on this ship called the Nostromo, which is kind of like a, it's like a mining rig mm-hmm. slash like space tugboat sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think there's only seven of them on, on the ship. So it's sparsely crewed. They get redirected by their company or by the, the the ship to touch down on a planet because there's been this weird transmission. And they do that and they find some alien life forms and the a crash of an alien spacecraft. Yes. And one of them gets an alien life form attached 
to his face. Yep. And kind of against some of their better judgment, they bring him back aboard their ship Mm -hmm. to treat him. And then things just go from bad to worse. Yes. Um, He had, you know, alien eggs implanted or an egg implanted in him. And then that hatches and then we're off to the races. Hilarity ensues. Yes. Um, Yeah. What year was this supposed to be set in? If I remember correctly, I think we paused the movie at one point because it was set in like now. No, that that's Event Horizon. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I was. The, what yeah, the? The, the, this one is set a couple hundred years in the future. Okay, perfect. Um, there, there is a very elaborate alien universe uh, timeline that's sure. been established. I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And, and then Event Horizon is, a, I would say, a cult classic rather than a true classic. Mm-hmm. Um, one interesting note about this one: so the film is from 1997. Didn't do well at the box office, but it's done really well on video release. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, Amazon has just picked this up and they're making a TV series. You know, uh, there are aspects of this that I can see really in our kind of contemporary moment post-inception, really like yep. having a purchase with people who like, you don't know if it's real, you don't know if it's like in like what right. exactly is going on at any right. point. So And better CGI. And and yes, better CGI. There were a couple of shots where that I'm sure when I saw this in 1997, I thought looked really cool. And now I realize they don't. Yeah. But I don't think that detracts from the film. So with, with this film, Event Horizon, basically... Um, there was the Event Horizon ship, which was supposed to be able to open uh, kind of wormholes in space that would allow it to um, essentially kind of teleport yeah. or faster than light travel mm-hmm. uh, by skipping the space in between. On its maiden voyage, it disappeared. And then I think seven years later... It's been found. Yeah, they, uh, just like an alien, they get a rescue. Like they get a call from yes. this ship and yes. uh, have to go out and, and see what's going on. Right. So they've realized that it's been detected in the atmosphere of Neptune. Um, and they send out a search and rescue spacecraft along with, so that too is sparsely crewed, along with the um, the engineer or scientist who developed the engine, the faster than light engine. Uh, played by Sam Neill. Yes, yeah. So this is uh, this this film is supposed to be set in 2047. Yes, uh, which is only like 27 years away. Well, and the or funny 20- thing is, in the in, in the opening scroll, they say that the first manned mission to Mars was in 2015. Yeah, so, we've we've jumped the shark here, people. Yeah, so we're already we're already behind. We're already Mars. behind as far as like yeah. you know our visions of what the future was supposed to be in 1997. But yes. that's true, I think. I mean, the fact that we haven't sent anybody else up to to the moon, that we haven't sent. I mean, we've right. sent unmanned stuff to Mars, but that was happening in like 97, 98. Um, the Mars rover was was 97, 98. That that team was sending stuff up around that time. Yeah. So like, I mean, well, you know, I think that. Part of it is we've realized space travel is just much, much harder than for, we thought it was going to be. <laughs> thought it would be. And there's, you know, there's no real drive for it. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's it's a great technological achievement, but to I mean, what end? to what end? I mean, absent the space race with the Soviets, um, yeah, there there's not a great deal of competition driving it. Yeah, and we got other things to deal with. Well, 
True. Domestic issues are maybe more important. So I was really familiar with both of these films. Love both of them. Um, you hadn't seen either. No, I had not seen either. Uh, and I, I was seen really surprised you hadn't of, seen Alien. I've not seen none of the films in the Alien. Oh, no, that's not true. In the Alien I franchise. I did take you to see Prometheus. I have seen Prometheus. The most recent. No, no not the most. most. Second most recent yeah. in the uh, in the Aliens. And I would have made you see this film before that one if I had known you hadn't seen it at the time. You should just assume that I haven't seen I any. I probably should. I probably should. So, but well, because but here's the thing: like Prometheus, I don't consider Prometheus a horror film. It's an adventure space film. Like, there's some bad things that happen, but I don't think of that as a horror film. So I, you I can see why film. I would think that like Alien, like it's more of like an adventure film or a thriller, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but with creatures that are doing nothing but trying to kill you i mean that's life yeah but but that's <laughs> different than like an indiana jones okay. film yeah, that's where fair. he's interacting yeah he has antagonists but they don't just want to kill him that's fair they want his stuff they want his stuff they like you can bargain with them sure you can't bargain with them they're like terminators right um but what did you think of these two films uh i thought they were good so the technology in alien is super dated uh, so there's that. I didn't think it looked that dated. Maybe that says more about me. me. No. Oh, Andrew. I, I didn't think it looked bad. No, it's super dated. They're using punch cards for crying out loud. Like, well, no, it's okay. super dated. Okay. Um, and like those were advanced punch. And cards. they're like, it's it's old and dated, but it's no more dated than like 2001: Space Adventure. Like that's also Odyssey. Yeah. Od Space Odyssey. Like yeah. that's you know, and we still consider that like a. a good film um i thought uh what i one of the things that i thought was really interesting about it is that at some point sigourney weaver's character riley says like ripley, ripley says like we're not going to do this and some dude like overrules her and is like no we're doing it and she's like but i'm the person in charge of this and they're like no we're doing it well like, the what that that later becomes a plot point no no it's totally a plot point but yeah. like the idea that like this this that you've got two women on board one who's like hysterical and right. the other one who's like fully in charge and like really trying to do her job. And the one who's trying to do her job is like totally disregarded. Like it's just. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, so the thing is she's, it's complicated because she's like the, I think she's listed as warrant officer. So she's, mm -hmm. she's kind of like the third in charge Yeah. and the captain and the first officer off the ship. So nominally, yeah, she's in charge, but then the science officer overrules her. Yeah, we'll talk about because why. Because it's a science-related matter. Uh-huh. Uh, and Event Horizon, I really enjoy the... So the religious stuff was a little odd, but I really enjoyed... I thought that was interesting. Yeah, though. no, it was uh, interesting, but odd. Um, I really enjoy... There's Christian imagery throughout. Yeah, the super uh, ambiguous ending i felt like yes. the ending was very ambiguous it was and i feel like actually i don't know if any of the things that happened were real or not in the entire movie okay or if they were like the fever dreams of someone in like a capsule and and we were mm -hmm. watching um uh love death and robots and which is a really great animated series on netflix check it out yeah uh and there's a there's a animated short in in that that has a thing that Ha plays with the same notion that like they're all on a ship yeah. and bad stuff starts to happen and like is it real is it fake what is actually real right and so i i suspect that short 
this wouldn't have been the only inspiration for yeah. that short, no. but actually both of these films probably did help inspire that. Agreed. That Agreed. Short. Anyway, it's a really good short. I don't remember which one it is, but it's very good. Well, so j- not to derail this, but Love, Death, and Robots, it's literally pushing the envelope of animation. I mean, this is cutting edge stuff. Yeah. And you can, I mean, or at least I think I can see the future of animation 10, 15 years down the road where you no longer need human actors. Human actors. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, voice actors maybe because sure. that, that the, the voice technology still isn't quite there yet. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I can just see a couple decades down the road. There's no more need to pay somebody $20 million to do a film. Oh, you pay the animator $20 million. Right. But then you own the rights to this this character. Anyway, so let's get into spoilers. Okay, so spoiler territory here. So Alien 1979, obviously directed by Ridley Scott, uh, spawned a very long-running Alien series that's still technically ongoing. Uh, Four films, two prequels. Lots of comics, lots of novels, lots of like subsidiary media materials. IMDb rates this one at 8.4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And Rotten Tomatoes, I think this is actually the highest rated film we have ever reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> 97% uh, um, by critics, mm-hmm. 94% by audience. Wow. They did this with a budget of $11 million. Mm-hmm. And... There were some accounting shenanigans. They tried to deny people some profit sharing Stop. and so forth. Um, so, exa- so figures on how much this this movie made vary widely from about one hundred and five to two hundred and five million dollars. But it made a lot, yeah. Especially when you consider one the low budget and two the franchise that this began. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a this has got to be a multi billion dollar franchise by now. Yeah. Um, really great cast, actors, very famous actors you would know. Uh, Tom Skerritt plays the captain. Dallas Sigourney Weaver obviously plays Ripley. She went on to do lots of great stuff. John Hurt, uh, very serious actor, plays Kane, the, um, the first officer and the first host mm-hmm. of the alien. Um, Ash, the science officer, is played by Ian Holm who you've seen in a bunch of stuff, but you would also know him as Bilbo Baggins. Yes. Um, among many, many others. But and Harry Dean Stanton, which yes. we had we just watched Inland Empire and we're huge like Twin Peaks fans. And so Harry, Harry Dean Stanton, like it was a, lot, a nice surprise to he, see him there. He's part of the, the Lynch stable. Yeah. Um, so he's in this. Basically, I think you'll probably recognize all the human actors yes. in this. So, um, I mean, we've talked about it. You, if you haven't, don't know it, uh, he don't know much about the movie. I think the biggest spoiler for me, and this goes back to that major plot point before, and, and at some point while we're watching it, I said to Andrew, is that dude a robot? <laughs> that question is met by silence. <laughs> I got no answer. So uh, You I, asked the question a couple of times. Yeah, and, and he just kept not answering me. I just thought maybe he was like really engrossed in the film. Or so I, sometimes I talk during the film or ask questions and he doesn't like when I do that. And so I, I think that I thought that maybe he was just ignoring me because he likes to ignore me. But uh, in fact, it's actually a really important plot point. Yes. That the dude who overrid... Um, rip- Ripley. Ripley's uh, Ripley's order to like keep the infected uh, cat, uh, crew member outside, not let them in, which would have saved their their lives. Yes, uh, 
was actually a robot. Right. And he had uh, different instructions on what to do yes. um, from the mother, which is the ship, um, right. and the ship also a robot. Uh, so these two AIs talking to each other decided it was more important to gather evidence about the alien life forms than it was to save the humans. And that was their, that were their instructions. Right. Well, so one of the interesting themes in the original Alien films is, you know, this is a world that is run by mega corporations. The and companies machines. and machines um, designed and programmed by those corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not. I don't believe it's actually the company's actually named in this film. It's Wayland Yutani. Okay. Um, but Ash, the the android uh, science officer, has special orders, and that is to retrieve a sample of this alien life form um, at all costs, and that preempts. All of his other priorities, yes. including keeping the crew alive. Yes, uh, because the company wants. We don't. We don't know this yet, but they have. They have sort of encountered this life form before. They have inklings mm-hmm. of it. Some of that comes out in, in the prequels. Um, but they really desperately want a copy of this thing because they want to weaponize it. Yes. Or, or at least control it. It doesn't really need weaponizing. Yeah. So, I mean, once they took out the robot uh, who was stymieing all of their attempts to murder the alien. Um, <laughs> and, and and they don't know that, that he's No, they don't know he's a robot either. until he starts to malfunction. And right. he just, like, he gets into the control room that's supposed to only be for, like, the person in charge. And, it, like, silently is suddenly, like, right behind her and tries to take her out. Right. And she's like, oh, hell no. And um, fights for her life, which is, yeah. you know, great. She's kind of a final girl in in yes, final definitely. woman in this movie um her and her damn cat um the cat is a real problem in this film i mean why are you sa- first of all why are you bringing a cat on a spaceship right. second of all why are you trying to save the cat over your own life i mean i get it pets very important but like the the cat is like ugh. at some point when the cat runs off and hides just let it go. And this happens multiple times driving the plot. Yes. Um, I mean, the cat is why um, Herodine Stanton's character dies. Yes. Um, it's why Ripley and all the others almost die. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you know, it's like, okay, the house is on fire. The cat's still inside. Like, that sucks, but you're going to have to leave the cat. But, like, maybe the cat is the symbol of their humanity. Like, her desire to, like, save the cat at all costs and, like, sure. whatever is her, desi- is her like, empathetic, like, whatever that the robot or and the, the alien don't have. Perhaps, perhaps. So how do you feel about the actual alien, like the the alien itself? Because sometimes we actually, when we see the like big bad in films, like it's not super well done. And this alien is very iconic. Yes. Um, so the alien itself and the um, a lot of the biomechanical organic looking technology in the crashed alien spacecraft, you know, th- this was all done by H.R. Giger, mm-hmm. and I, I really like it. So I, I was reading up on this a little bit. They found a uh, a young, like an unknown Nigerian guy who was 6'10", mm-hmm. um, and had really long arms and legs, spindly. So those are just his regular arms and legs? And, and, and so, you know, the costume adds a couple inches of height, and the length of his limbs is such that, you know... This thing doesn't even look real because <clears throat> it's it's kind of outside the bounds of what you would think of as a like human 
Yeah, no, a well, normal human set of proportions. And they add a little bit in the fingers, so the arms sure. look even longer. Sure. And they put them in latex, so like that also adds to the right. creepiness factor. Right. And you've also got a lot of weird, like psychosexual elements with this. Like yeah. this is very, very Freudian. With both the weird reproductive system mm-hmm. of these aliens, because uh, they're they're in essence kind of born pregnant, mm-hmm. but you've also got these very you've got like a phallic looking head, mm-hmm. and and this is this is not me reaching uh, at all. I mean, you've got then it extends these multiple like toothed like mm-hmm. phallus maws. Well, and then I, the one thing that I found was kind kind of disturbing was when the second mouth comes out of the original mouth, it seems too mechanical uh-huh. instead of biological. Okay. But maybe that's the purpose. I mean, does that change at all over the course of um, the alien films? Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I think it I think it looks better okay. o- over time. The the other thing is these aliens, they take on some of the characteristics of the hosts from which they're spawned. Okay. And so a lot of the reason why the alien warrior drone looks the way that it does is because it was spawned from a human. Got it. If it had been spawned from another species, it would have looked a bit different. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. But you've also got the the face hugger yes. in this, which is very kind of insectoid. And, you know, it implants the egg yeah. in, in the host. And then that that hatches. Yeah. And then very rapidly grows. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought that it was definitely, it was like a stalker film in a very enclosed space and in, in space. But I, I, like the cat, the cat's like Scrappy-Doo. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a little bit of a weak plot point. I mean, I, I would say the plot, the characters' actions, they make sense to me yes. in ways I can I can wrap my head around. That's different from how, say, the the crew of the Prometheus um, yeah, let's operates. let's talk about yeah. No, I, I mean, w- you know, we're not reviewing that film, but basically, yeah. that is a plot that is driven by super smart, nominally super smart scientists and mm-hmm. explorers going into an alien pyramid and making terrible decisions, making just doing absolute idiotic things yep. that like school children wouldn't do. Like yeah. you don't go into this environment and take off your breathing apparatus. No, you don't go poke the thing that that's an alien snake. No. Um, things like that. So I, I don't think that this plot really depends on people doing stupid things. No, no. Um, going after the cat. Yeah, that's dumb, but I, I get it. Yeah, no, agreed. But anyway, I thought it was a great film. I mean, obviously it I has great reviews. It's a it's a classic um, horror film. Um, the technology is a little dated, but it's, yeah. it's a good film. Okay. Uh, now, Event Horizon came in 1997, directed by Paul Anderson, who is mainly known for the Resident Evil and Mortal Kombat series, so th- that's not um, great praise. Uh, <laughs> IMDb rates this one 6.7 out of 10. Very, very sharp divide on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics give it 27%. The fans give it 61%. Ooh, so okay. more, more, literally more than double. Had a $60 million budget and made about half that at Ooh, the box office. Ouch. Ouch. Um, so, yeah, not not good. So this one's got Lawrence Fishburne. Amazing. Yes. A young Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, he plays the captain. Um, Sam Neill. Who He's great. Is the like scientist slash 
Yeah, he plays uh, Billy Weir. Yeah. Uh, who designed the engine of uh, the Event Horizon. Yeah, Kathleen Quinlan, she's great. Uh, and Jolie Richardson, who you'll know from like Nick Tuck, Nip Tuck. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she's. I think she's a Redgrave, actually. She's related okay. to Vanessa Redgrave. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought this was a great cast. Um, unlike the fairly kind of nihilistic universe of the alien franchise, this one, I'm not sure that it's actually kind of Christian or, or not, but, but it, but it evokes a lot of that, that imagery. So the, the conceit of this one is that they open these, uh, these gates, to, to travel through essentially a black hole from one point to another. Mm-hmm. And instead of it just being a void that they traverse, they actually open what they think is a portal to hell. Yes. Now, they later kind of suggest that it may not actually be hell, but a, a dimension of raw chaos mm-hmm. that humans from a kind of Western setting would translate mm-hmm. mentally as as hell yeah um i think i think that's possible um but like the ship the event horizon it's in a cruciform shape yes um you've got the main window and the bridge that's in the shape of a cross there's a lot of like the interiors are very kind of medieval gothic mm-hmm. in design so some interesting things there. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of the things that that made me unsure of where we stand in terms of reality versus like like a Hellraiser style. Like, yes, I mean, it's very Hellraiser-esque in, yes. in, in both the imagery that he right. uses, the way that um, the, the, you know, Weir ends right. up like looking like this, like cut up kind of. Well, figure it very much reminds me of Pinhead or some of the other. Um... And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I had actually been thinking for a while. I knew I wanted to do Event Horizon. I had been toying with the idea of pairing it not with Alien, but but with the first Hellraiser. I think it could very easily pair with Hell, Hellraiser, especially like the chaos evil dimension yeah. of like pain. And, right. And, right. Because it seems to be that the images. So they they, they seem to be waking up from, the, from their stasis states and they're having these like terrible dreams in their stasis states right. and then they wake up. And right. like the question is, are they really waking up or are they dreaming about waking up in my mind? Yeah. Um, and so, like, at the end of it, like, is it real at all? Is any of it real at all? Right. Or has it all been, like, these these nightmares that they've been having in their stasis states? Well, and so when they take the life form readings of the event horizon, it, in essence, they, they can't find any life form readings from the crew. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. They've all killed each other or themselves mm-hmm. in horrible ways. Um, but there is a kind of a low level of life form reading throughout the entire ship. Mm-hmm. So it's as though the ship has become some sort of organic being. Or, or has brought something back with it. Yes. It's, it's reemerged into normal space. Mm-hmm. Almost uh, maybe the ship is kind of possessed. Yeah. In, in a way. Yeah. Uh, and then whatever this thing is, it has the ability to make people hallucinate. Yes. It seems, it seems as though they are like haunted in right. some ways by some of their like most painful memories yes. or, or, or fears fears or, or any number of things like that and right. so Kathleen Quinlan she keeps seeing her son who she, right. she's missing because right. she was brought on this, uh, this right she didn't actually want to be in this mission she tried to get out of it she was brought on it very last minute and so she had to leave her son behind and so she keeps like seeing her son which is the thing that's like most painful for her it's not being with him and so right. she keeps like following him and it leads to her demise right 
Right. Right, and and at one point she sees him in the in the medical bay. She's a medical officer mm-hmm. or rescue technician or something, and she sees him with his legs like rotting, you yes, know, with maggots covering them and that sort of thing. Yes. So uh, I mean, there, but there are some really great like scenes in here of horror, and actually, uh, the scene where what's his name Cooper, the rescue technician, is like outside doing a repair, and he gets like jettisoned off when they do the explosion, right. and then he's like, "I'm gonna make it back," and he like really seriously almost makes it back. It's like, oh, it's really impressive, right. and then he gets murdered too. Well, that happened. Uh, I actually really like that actor. He played an FBI agent in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yes, yes, and Sean Pertwee from uh, Gotham is yes. also in this. Yeah, it's a very a very young Alfred. Yes. Plays, uh, Smitty. <laughs> yes. The, uh, I think he's the pilot. Uh, yeah. 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 The couple scenes that we get from the ship's logs about how the previous crew killed themselves in an orgy of blood and violence. Mm-hmm. I actually thought wanted them to do more with that. Mm-hmm. They're very, very brief scenes. I, I was reading a little bit about this film and apparently the the director kind of went off and was working on on other things and then there was like an assistant director who was kind of put in charge of of filming those. Okay. And so he he actually filmed a lot more than what was shown in the film. But they lost the footage, right? The footage as apparently or purportedly there is a VHS tape uh, of it somewhere in Spain. Um, but the director claims never to have seen it or something. Who knows? Totally apocryphal, probably not even real. But apparently they um, they hired amputees so that they could show severed limbs and things. This kind of goes back to that one movie that we showed that had like the quote unquote freaks in it. Like the people that were blind that had growths and whatever. Like- um, the... Uh, the watch, the sentinel, the sentinel, yeah. Like, how much is that exploiting people who have? Well, it's so amputees? brief in this one. It's yeah. not that exploited. It's probably more exploitative in the sentinel. Yeah. Um, but they also, because they wanted to show this literal orgy of violence, they also hired apparently some porn actors. Oh, good for them. Um, so that they could. But all of that is lost because you literally only see a few seconds. Yeah. Of, of this, so a little bit more of that kind of body horror I think could have made this even more horrific. I yeah. think they could have dialed that up just a bit, but it could be, you know, in 1997 that's all the censors would allow. Yeah. So so Weir ends up like taking out his own eyes because he uh witnesses his wife committing suicide or does she gouge out his eyes? No, he gouges out uh, his eyes. He gouges out, his, out eyes. his own eye, yeah. Um, but, but then comes back and, like, totally mutilated now, vivisects the, like, doctor and is able to, like, start the destruction of the entire ship. Yeah. Yeah, all good spacecraft need to have really cool self-destruct sequences yes. built into them. Yes, yes. Uh, because that, that, in fact, is kind of the climax of both of these films. Mm-hmm. So this the film ends with just a couple of survivors. Again, it's like they're coming out of stasis and they're having a nightmare that something terrible is happening to them, but they're being rescued by like someone else. Right, right. And then, then you know, uh, Julie Richardson's character imagines Sam Neill's character uh-huh. there as one of the rescuers. And so the question is, like, is he really there? Like, right. what is the nightmare? What is, like, real? Did they ever get off the ship? Yes. Was Was the, the bridge part that they, you know, they're, they're in the medical bay in stasis pods. Was that part of the ship still infected by this thing? Yeah. So, in, in essence, they're just kind of bringing this thing back with them to Earth. 
Yeah. Um, so it could have set it up for like a series of sequels. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Not when you lose $30 million. No. <laughs> no, no. But I, I I don't know that this premise has enough legs in it for a TV series. I mean, I, I mean, get, if you start, if you reboot. Yeah, right, right. You'd have to reboot. And you get then you're able to give a lot more backstory than each one of the times that a person dies. Yes. Uh, by like their nightmares killing them, it become can become episodic like that. Sure. I, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I could see this being stretched into a one season, eight or ten episode. Like a miniseries. Like, like kind of a miniseries. Mm-hmm. I don't really see it having legs for like two, three, four seasons. But it was though. picked up by Netflix, right? A- Amazon. Amazon. Well, yeah. I mean, Amazon can do that, though. They can they can test something for they, one or two seasons can. and then it's over. They, they can. And, and that's one of the great things about, you know, streaming services. Mm-hmm. They can do something that's intended to be an eight or ten episode series. And then it's it. It's fully com- right. like enclosed. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say definitely check them out. If you uh, if you haven't seen Alien yet, Alien is great. You could pair it with this movie. You could with uh, Event Horizon. Event Horizon you could also pair, I think, really well with Hellraiser. Yep. Or maybe Hellraiser in space, since they're both in space. That's true. <laughs> I don't remember which Hellraiser is in space, but... It's maybe four. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, if you have any other films that you would pair with these or any comments on the films, uh, reach out to us on social media. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening and supporting independent podcasting. If you like what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, or on our website, FridayNightFrightFest.com. If you want to drop us a line on Facebook, you can find us at Friday Night Fright Fest Podcast, or you can reach us on Twitter, where we tweet as The Geek Profs. If you have suggestions for movies, let us know. <laughs>